Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You win only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello and welcome to the Red Side of the Trent. I am your host, Adam Wicklow, joined ever by Reece Lane and Christian Bound. No Lee Clark this week after his heroics in the 442 magazine uh, issue that out this month. So go check that out. I'm sure there's some plenty of waffle for you to, to get, your, get your teeth into. Um, it's been a very, very busy period of time since we last spoke to you. Obviously, Forrest signed Lewis O'Brien and Harry Toffolo. Uh, Wayne Hennessy came on a free. Brandon Aguilera uh, from... I'm not even going to try and I'm, I'm going to absolutely butcher this name, Ala Julenze, before he's gone out on loan to another team within Costa Rica, before the big signing of, of the window for Forrest in, in Jesse Lingard, who we'll get to later on. I want to start off with Lewis O'Brien and Harry Toffolo Reese because it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off. It was on, and we've all got it, we've all got we've got them both for, for a reported 10 million. Are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, good fee, um, because I'd probably rate O'Brien on his own at that kind of money. Um, I mean, a big fan of Lewis O'Brien. He's one player last season who probably one of the only ones who got the better of James Garner and Ryan Yates when they beat us 1-0 um, at the City Ground just before New Year's. So, yeah, very good player. Very pleased to sign him. Toffolo had a great season last season in the Championship. And whether he can make the step up, I'm not so sure on that one, but that will be remain to be seen. But yeah, good bit of business. And yeah, an absolute drama of a day, wasn't it, on social media? Like you just said, Adam, one minute was on, one minute was off. And um, yeah, I, th- I think the disappointment, if it would have been off, would have come more for O'Brien, to be honest. I think it, I, I think if... Toffolo hadn't had signed and we got O'Brien. I think everyone would have still been pretty happy. So to get them both, yeah, a little bit of a bonus. And um, as we'll come on to, I'm sure Toffolo is likely to be probably starting left back this season at the start of the season. Yeah. Christian, I want to get your thoughts on on the two signs. Uh, well, on more of the Lewis O'Brien signing. What, what, I know we've spoke about what he could probably bring uh, to the team before, but what are your thoughts on what, what he can do uh, in midfield for us? Yeah, like Reese said, I mean, I'd have paid 10 million for O'Brien on his own. 
So, like, I mean, ultimately, it's, it's double that worked really well for Forrest, um, especially from a financial aspect. But, yeah, I think he just does something that we haven't got. We haven't got a midfielder that can do what he does, in that he just carries the ball forward so, so well. And, um, you know, he's only 23 years old. I mean, if you look at it, Colback's more, not quite the hatchet man, but, you know, he's much more defensively minded. Cafu is, I know, Hewton tried putting him in the 10 when we got a bit desperate, but generally speaking, he's not. You know, he's again a bit more again defensively minded. Yates is quite a box to box player who can get stuck in and does so. But O'Brien will actually take people on with skill. He'll he'll carry the ball up the pitch. And I think given we'll be under the cosh quite a fair bit at times this season because we're playing better teams. When we are breaking out on the counter, uh, he'll be so important to how we play because he'll just carry the ball for um 20, 30 yards up the pitch and then you know give it to someone in a good position. And the only thing that does is, is a slight Concern, it's not concern really because he's only 23, you can grow. Um, but obviously, his output in the final third could probably be a bit better. I've only got like single figures, like I think three goals and three assists. I think it wasn't a great mount, but I mean, that's something that could be worked. So he's only, he's only 23, so I think you know, very, very good signing. And if we, if we can get that like side of his game improved, then you know, we'll be on to a massive, massive winner. There's a lot of potential there, yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we brought in Wayne Hennessy on a on a free reach as well, backup goalkeeper, obviously for this season, but a wealth of experience, uh, some controversy uh, not too long ago involving uh, some political issues, but we won't go into that too much. But do you th- other, than, other than that, do you think it's it's a good signing? Political, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think probably ignorance would have been the right way wouldn't it, for that with his excuse, but no, we'll, we'll stick to the football. I don't like bringing politics into football, so... Um, yeah, you know, you just said it there, Adam, experience back up. Um, you know, the last time I seen him play was against the U- against the Ukraine for Wales and he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. So the good thing is, as well, he's probably going to be Wales' number one, I'd imagine, in Qatar. So he'll, he'll be, I think, pretty assured that Henderson's number one. But if Henderson was to drop off the boil... He can't kind of think, or oh, I've got nobody up my backside who's going to keep me pushing. So Hennessy, I think, would tick that box and obviously gives us um, an experienced keeper for the two Man United games when Henderson can't play. So on a free, yeah, can't grumble at that. Um, you know, Ethan Horvath is in a similar situation to he wants to play a game. So he's gone out on loan and he'll do that at Luton. And it's allowed us to get someone more experienced in terms of Premier League. So yeah, no brainer really that signing for me. Yeah, before I move on to the next uh, subject about Omar Richards, um, Forrest have bought in Brandon Aguilera from Costa Rican side. As I said, I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Ala Julense, uh, loan back out to Guan Casteteca, uh, who are in the same league. Um, later on in the year, we're going to catch up hopefully with someone who's a Costa Rican expert. Obviously, he's going to go to the World Cup. Uh, with Costa Rica, central midfielder or attacking midfielder looks quite a sharp, sort of skillful player, left-footed, uh, takes all their set pieces as well for the national team and, and, and looks like a bright sort of talent. I think we're kind of picking that pool from Dane Murphy's time in America, which which is good. It's like their Spain, as my mate uh, pointed out. But we're going to go back to Harry Toffolo, Christian, because it's good timing that he signed with Omar Richards having a hairline fracture in his leg um why do you think the club kept it quiet until now do you think it was to do with Toffolo not being signed as of yet or or what 
it could have been a political move like that, yeah. And to be fair, if it is, then fine. I kind of get it. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it, for example, if Huddersfield sort of popped onto that, and uh, suddenly they, they jacked their price up, or, you know, obviously we're looking at that Moreno from Betis as well. Like, I don't know, that's a loan or a permanent deal, but again, the numbers change significantly if teams are desperate. I mean, that's just football transfers one-on-one, isn't it? If someone knows, like, look at Man United, for example, look how they struggle so much to try and get um, De Jong. Like, but Barcelona and nobody in the midfielder, they, get, they want one, it, it will go at a premium if he does actually leave. And it'll be other teams will be exactly the same when United come calling. So, yeah, I mean, that could have had something to do with it. I'm glad we got it sorted. Um, again, like Reese said earlier, touched upon, it'll be interesting to see whether Toflo can deal with the setup. I mean, he's definitely on the chance to. So six goals and five assists last year, something like that, which is like, ridiculous numbers for a left wing back. So, yeah, I mean, fair play. So I think it's a, it's a good sign to bring in, I think. You know, given he was part of that 10 million double deal, you'd probably say maybe 2 million was attributed to him. So, again, very low risk for Premier League sides. Um, yeah, I think it'll be good, a good fit. Like, he seems to be okay so far. And yeah, obviously, we'll see how it gets on against Newcastle, but I think the solid signing. Definitely. Um, we're going to get on to <laughs> the big deal, which was we're linked with Jesse Lingard, and uh, we kind of all. Uh, battered it away as, as nonsense and then suddenly um, he's announcing on Twitter that he signed for us. Um, this obviously had a massive um, talking point over on TalkSport all week, guys. I want you to both obviously chuck yourselves into this conversation, but uh, I want your initial thoughts. I know, Christian, you were quite against it. I think I was particularly until you kind of worked out the numbers and then when it's come out that it's actually not as high as you think. It's actually, do you think it's quite an astute deal by the club? Oh, yeah, I understand. Like, I mean, my worry was we give like a three-year contract and we'd end up going down and then we'd have, we'd be stuck with Lingard on £10 million a year or whatever it was and no one would take him off us and all our parachute money would go straight towards paying Lingard and we spend another, we spend another 23 years out of the top flight and that'll be the David Platt moment buying Jesse Lingard. But because it's a one-year deal, and because it's on 120 grand a week, it's what six million pounds for the year. I mean, again, like that's not a lot for a Premier League size. I think, you know, if it works out and great, if it doesn't work out, there's no risk for us at all whatsoever. We can still press forward as, as we would have done. So I think it's actually a very sensible deal, very astute signing. And um, yeah, I mean, you have to say he's probably the best in terms of like ability wise, he's the best player Forest have signed since Van Hoydonk. Like, so you're going back to the what? to 1997 to get a player about calibre at the city grounds like again let's take away like um, everything else I mean it's just an outstanding signing from the new promoter side we've done so well to get him really Reese, I'm going to ask you the difficult question which I was going to ask you which is uh, other than the money why has Jesse Lingard chose Forest? Because West Ham are a small club (laughs) (laughs) Uh, other than the I mean like that's be honest, I think the money is a massive part, a major part to it. Um, but as well, there will be other aspects to it. You know, he's, he's said unto himself that the um, Maranaki's family threw him out to Greece and made him feel wanted, um, which is, you know, good to hear. Um, he spoke to the manager as well, he said unto. Um, at the end of the day, with Forrest, he's, if he's fit and firing, he's going to play and he's going to play the week. Would he... He probably would at West Ham as well, but they've undenied about him, haven't they, for quite a while. Um, so he probably, that little thought has come to his head, do they actually want me? Whereas Forrest have come onto the scene, and it's like, yeah, we want you to come come now. You know what I mean? Not 
dawdling about like West Ham have. Um, if he can recapture that form, what he did for West Ham in that small loan spell. I know that was behind closed doors during COVID, but yeah, brilliant signing and pretty much what Christian said. It's it's a no risk signing, is it? You know, if he doesn't do out for us at the end of the season, he gets moved on and we've got no financial burden. If he does really well for us, I guess the little disappointing thing is I don't think he's an, an option to extend, is he? So it probably puts him in the shop window, I guess, in, in his mind. I know it is an outside chance, but I think we all know in this pod, Gareth Southgate is a big fan of him. If he has a, a blinding half a season for Forrest until the World Cup, I'm sure he'll be in Gareth Southgate's thoughts because he's trusted him before. So, yeah, hopefully he can be a really good signing for us. I mean, God, it's got the whole country talking about it, Anthony, in terms of the sports media. So, I mean, I mean talk sport and then stopped on about it. So, but that that that's that's in my opinion is good because when you when you come up to the Premier League, this is the coverage you get and the coverage you want. That you know all these years of in the Championship, sat in the doldrums and League One as well of Forest being teams coming to Forest since being their cup final, especially in League One. You know we we're seeing that. So yeah, it's just great to get some national media attention and and when the season starts, I'm sure it will ramp up because. You know, we know Sky loves a good story and, you know, that opening day home game against West Ham's on Sky and, you know, they'll paint a narrative now, especially with Lingard being a part of it and our first home game back in the Premier League, etc. So, yeah, um, it's an exciting deal, very exciting deal. Um, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed it can work out for us and it'll do a good job for us. I think it ticks quite a lot of boxes. I, I mean, very quickly. Go on. Go on, very quickly, I mean, like um, the, the whole low risk aspect. It's free games on Sky TV that pays his wages. That's yeah, that's so, a, that's that's insane when you say it. When you say that, yeah, you know, on a one on a one year deal, it's it's just good for. I don't think some people can kind of grasp that on Twitter. You know, the one year deal is to obviously financially protect us as well. Like, like Christian said, if we go down, mm-hmm. you don't want to be lumbered with someone who's on one hundred and fifteen grand a week in your squad with no real resale value you'd say would you so yeah I don't know <laughs> I, I think he ticks quite a lot of boxes I mean he's, he's 29 nearly 30 and you want that Premier League experience he's he's going to help the likes of, of Brennan Johnson and, and Lewis O'Brien I, you'd assume and, and you've got like Nico Williams you've got, we've got a fairly young squad but it's it's quite it balances it out quite well he's got 10 million followers I think on like across all social media that's like 20 times the size of Forests alone Um Last season didn't play a lot. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've got loads of stats because someone said we like they like that. We've got we've got a few. He played 540 minutes across 21 games last season, which is like poor because the back end of that it's West Ham spell, yeah. you think yeah. he'll get back in the team. And and I, I read um, there's a great article. I think one of you guys posted it uh, on the Players Tribune uh, about him and his brother. Uh, that he had, he's had a few mm. issues, had COVID, had injury issues, had mental health issues, and then not believing himself. And obviously, then went to West Ham, scored nine goals and five assists in sixteen games, um, and looked brilliant. And only just missed out on that Euro squad. Um, but like, I, I just think it's a great sign, and I just want like he's a natural number ten. I think for us behind those two strikers, I feel like. He'll do really well on the counter attack that we play. It'll suit him. He'll he'll be the main man really. But 
I just want to ask you both: Do you think he, do you think he causes a drift, uh, a rift in the dressing room because of his wages, or do you think they kind of go, well, Jesse Lingard is going to really help us stay in this league? Christian, I'll start with you. I was initially worried that could be the case, but I think now no, because I mean, like as you touched upon, we have got very young squads, and you know, even Williams, for example, Williams have been used at Liverpool to having like Salah, Mane, etc., being on much, much more than he was. And with good reason, to be fair, let's be honest. I think if there was someone like, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I don't know, Sam Surridge kicks down Cooper's door and goes, why aren't I on what Jesse Lingard's on? The obvious response would be, well, you do what he's done in the game and then we can have a discussion. Because And there's not one single Forest player who's come close to that. Like, I mean, like we're talking someone like 30 caps for an elite nation as well in England. It's not like you know 30 caps for Lithuania. That's the highest level you can get to internationally. You've got 30 caps for England, someone who's been at a World Cup, someone who's scored at a World Cup, someone who's scored three goals in Cup Finals, 200 odd appearances for United. Obviously, one of those Cup Final goals was a winner in an FA Cup Final. Like, if you look at what Lingard's done over the course of his career, it's astounding. Like, a lot of people sort of overlook that because of it, you know, his playful personality and because of his TikToks, et cetera, et cetera. But behind all that is an outstandingly good footballer. Like, there's no getting away from that. There's no one in the Forest team who comes close to him ability-wise. So... Much like Graben last year, in a sense that he was a captain, and like you know, he was a captain because he had the respect to the players, because you know he could they could put, look at what he'd done in the game beforehand and sort of respect it. I think Lingard just basically takes that mantle. Anything to add, Reese? Yeah, yeah, I mean, just going back to what you said, obviously Adam about him going back to United, he's not really going to get in the team out of Bruno Fernandez, is he? You know, Bruno the season before last was United's talisman until the sign Ronaldo. So I think it would be harsh for people to judge him on that. Um, but but yeah, you know he's he's been there and done it, anti. So for... but but he still fits into the Cooper versatility thing as he can play as a wide man. Man United yeah. were absolute dog shit last season. Why couldn't he have played left wing instead of Marcus <laughs> Rashford, who was non-existent? But like, I mean, it doesn't matter because yeah. it benefits us now at the end. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, we're not going to make this in my new podcast, but United were a joke last season. You know, sacking the man. This is the biggest club in the country, in my opinion. You know, sacking a manager what was it, October, and then hiring an interim for the rest of the season, who's now took over Austria. It's just just an absolute farce, really, but we're not talking about United. But, you know, going back to Lingard as well, you know, will it cause a rift? It might. It could possibly cause a rift, but my um, statement to that would be, what what could Forest players come in and say? Not hardly any of them have even played in the Premier League, you know? and start coming in and demanding wages, you know, X amount of money. We've got a very, very unproven Premier League squad. Now, if I'm a young lad, you know, like you like, I know the experience now, but Joe Wall, Ryan Yates, you know, homegrown lads, this guy's come in, he's been there and done it. You've got to kind of learn off him, really. And if he can take Forrest that next level where we stay up without really being dragged into a relegation battle like Ericsson did with Brentford last season. It's just no brainer. I don't I don't think it will cause a riff. But I mean the only the only the only way it'd cause a riff if he's not performing, you know, probably similar to Harry Arter. You know, I think I think at a time into Warren had a couple of words. I think he was kind of referencing towards him, you know, saying that was it under the Hutton era where all the Sabri and the savage way where he says people aren't really friends amongst the group and that. So, yeah, hopefully, um, 
you know, it doesn't cause anything of that sort. I, f- I feel like with, with what reading the article he wrote on the Players' Tribune about his brother, like real, like really like geeing him up and saying, you are a good player, uh, you are this, you are that. And I read that he was showing him videos of him doing, of scoring goals and at the World Cup and in Cup Finals, as Christian mentioned. And obviously they went on to West Ham and that, that brilliant spell. So, and I feel like Steve Cooper, we've seen with his man management, and we've read the article in the Athletic where, he got players united, got families involved. I just feel like it's quite a good fit for terms of player-manager of player manager kind of relations in terms of it, Cooper will make him feel loved. He'll probably be the next parched, I'd have thought, if, if you were going to listen to Crouchy's podcast or whatever. But Charlie Adam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian, I do want to ask you, though, like, why do you think it's rattled the league? Uh, it's quite funny, isn't it? I mean, like, Talk Sport and Richard Keys, for example, so their heads just fallen clean off. I mean, um, I, I don't know. My honest, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it, was, it was quite funny. I think it was one of the Twitter account for Forrest was sort of, I said, like, you know, the national media when Forrest got promoted was like, yeah, great, Forrest are back, good to, good to have you back, sort of thing. And Forrest got off and signed Jesse Lingard. It's like, no, 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 not like that. It's like, well, what do people expect us to do? Okay, fair enough. Like, like this is quite like a marquee signing, isn't it, really? But like, did people really expect us to come up and just do like a Norwich or a Watford and like have our pants down every weekend and get smacked about the place and then say thank you at the end of the season and see you in a year or so. Like we aren't here to make the numbers up. We're here to like stay around and not go like make it a fleeting visit. It's been 23 years since we were last in the top flight. Like we don't want to just disappear after one season. And, you know, we, we've seen how Maranakis, he's, he's now putting his money where his mouth is, as he has done since he's, you know, his, you know, the club, you have to remember, it wasn't that long ago, he spent £20 million in one summer as a championship side with Maranakis. So now he's free of these restrictions, he's free to do what he wants, he's going nuts, it's great. But um, like, I, I don't know why it's rattled so many people. I think, like, I get, obviously, West Ham have quite a big fan base and they get you know, the whole Essex crowd and the East London sort of side of things. And I get that there are a lot of people in the media who support West Ham Name me on Talksport. I mean, look, you've had Carlton Cole on there, ex-player. You know, you've had so, Jamie Har- O'Hara, a London boy. You know, it, all these sorts of things are sort of like incomplete bewilderment. It's sort of like, I don't know. It seems very odd. I think there's, I think there is an expectation of the new promoted clubs just come up and just sort of know their place. And we've just sort of gone, well, fuck that. We're not in the forest. Like, that doesn't apply to us. And a lot of people seem to be a bit put out of joint by that. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree because... The clubs that have come up recently, or yo-yo, like your Fulham's and your Norwich's, I don't, I don't want to be like too, too big-headed, but thankfully, because of our past, I do think it gives us a slightly more of a pull. Um, and you've got, you can't, you got to take your hat off to to Marinakis and his and his son because they're doing the business for us. They've said they've set out what they said they were going to do in in the market square not too long ago. Uh, they're bringing the players in and. We're going to t- try our damned hardest to stay in this league and, and make us a a solid Premier League side and, and hoping to build to, to get into Europe because Maranakis won't be wanting to settle. He'll want to get us into Europe. He won't, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he wants to get us into the Champions League eventually because why shouldn't you aspire to get to that level? Because that's why you love football because you, you, you've got that chance. You've always got that hope and belief. So I'm, I'm really excited um, about it. I think it's it's quite funny that that people have have lost their minds about it. But Reese, what what other business do you think there's there's left to do for us? Because if well, there's been reports that 
Lingard's not the last big name. We've been linked to uh, Emmanuel Dennis from uh, Watford, Aston Ranks from from Wolfsburg, uh, Alex Moreno from Betis, Oriol Mangala, Morgan's White, Corne, and and uh, old old faithful uh, Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, there's still business to be done. The squad still isn't strong enough for me. I think Cooper reaffirms my opinion. Um, defensively, the problem is now, now Richard's injured, would you look to maybe bring in somebody who can maybe play both wing-backs, possibly? I think it's pretty clear we need another centre-mid, um, whether that be, is it Mangala from Stuttgart? Yeah, I think we're, we're all pining, aren't we, as a fan base to, for James Garner to come back? You know, whether that's doable or not, I'm not sure. Again, I think as well, Morgan Gibbs-White's been on most people's lips pretty much the whole window, but he is going to cost. And then, you know, the striker, you know, we've, all, we've already seen on Twitter, his new striker's been written off, so it seems like um, we, need another, we need another one. And I mean, Emmanuel Dennis is a very good player. He was good last season for Watford. Um, I know I've mentioned his attitude is a bit questionable at times, but he is a very talented player. Um, and I know as well in the athletic article, once it was it last week, was said we're still in talks with Keel about Keelan Davis. So yeah, we still need some players. I mean, what is it? Is it eleven signings now, or is it ten or eleven? Eleven. Eleven. So probably another four still. You know, maybe I don't know someone coming on on loan maybe to cover Richards if he's injured, say, till Christmas, I'm not sure. But I think centre mid's the main one, isn't it? Um, and then probably a few other players. And and to be honest, I think art goes wise, the squad still needs a lot of shaping. You know, I think Iron is he's re- uh, close to going back to Italy, isn't he? Um, I mean, the cost is another one we need to get rid of. Harry Art is another one. I know he's done all right in pre-season, but Lyle Taylor, you'd expect, would probably be moved on before the end of the window. And then you're talking about Lolly, another one. And then you're talking about a whole host of players really might need low moves. You know, Alex Martin being the main one. But we've looked, we've seen, haven't we, during pre-season, the likes of Ollie Hammond, Dale Taylor, been in and around. Maybe they could need a low move to go and play some, get some experience and play some games. So I think... Would I say we're even halfway to shaping the squad? Probably just over. Probably just, there's still, I think, a lot of work to be done in Zanarts. And I think I mentioned this on the last pod. It wouldn't surprise me if it goes right to the wire and we ended up either signing someone on the last day or a couple leaving out on loan or a permanent move. Um, plenty of work still to be done. Yeah. Christian, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I. I... Pretty much agree. I think I was I was looking actually. I think we're in a position now where we've got a very we've a first eleven that could be very competitive. When you think about it. so, yeah, let's say oh, Henderson in goal. So Newcastle away, which is probably what's likely to be Henderson in goal. Then it'd be what a back three of Worrell, Neocarte, and McKenna. Then you'd have what Williams, O'Brien, Yates, and Topolo, Lingard behind Awani and Johnson. That's a very competitive side. The issue is behind that because you know it's the bench. The bench I, mean, I looked at the bench and like. Let's say, okay, again, so hypothetically speaking, it'll probably be Hennessy, let's say three defenders, so Umbeso, um, Biancone, and Cook, there's your three defenders. And you've got midfield, so let's say Colback, Cafu, there isn't another number 10. So let's say Mike goes to the bench. Yeah. Then you've got 
yeah, so Hennessy, then you got what say Surridge and Lyle Taylor to make up nine. Mm. That's not a strong bench at all. Yeah. Like, if you if you go a goal down, like what are you looking at to get yourself back into the game? We've still got a lot of work to do. And um, I think, to be honest, I think incomings wise, I don't think we're that far off. I think you know maybe another four or five, which still sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but I think, um, I think, yeah, I think Reese is probably right. Come the end of the window, it'll be more of like, I think, hopefully, the plan will be in the next week or so. I guess we're in a position now where we can maybe be a bit more patient. I think so. Maybe with Garner, maybe with Gibbs White, we are willing to be a little bit more patient because we've got players who can play in place now. So, like I said, we've got that competitive first eleven. I think we can wait and see a little bit for those. So we, we, I, I don't see us being busy on deadline day in terms of buying people in. I'd like to think we'll be done way before that. But I think from an outgoing perspective, I think Lyle Taylor could be late like a deadline day at departure. I think, you know, if we decide Alex might need to go out known, I think a lot depends on whether we sign Moreno, to be honest, because I mean, like maybe Meso is kept around and Biancone is used as a right wing back, as a backup to Williams. Like, so, you know, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of if, buts and maybe's, a lot of moving pieces. So I think, yeah, there's, there's still definitely work to be done. Percentage-wise, maybe 55-60%. I think there's still a lot to do. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Panzo's gone out on loan to Coventry, which we've all, we all said would be a great uh, yeah, loan for both, for both teams. He, saw, he scored three goals already in pre-season. <laughs> yeah. absolute machine. Go on, Jonathan. Um, and obviously, Finback's gone to Carlisle. Um, Oliver Hammond has been a, a big feature actually in, in pre-season I, I, I watched Union Berlin game and, and I know Union Berlin are about a couple of weeks ahead of us Reese mentioned to me today they, they kick off next week in the in the Pokal Cup uh, in the in, over in Germany and they looked uh, they, you can see why they come fifth last season they're very organised very aggressive in the press um, but People have been impressed with Oliver Hammond. Um, someone did mention that maybe we don't loan him out. We almost do the Phil Foden effect of we don't loan him out down to the lower leagues so he gets kicked and thumped everywhere. He stays around the first team to almost learn the tactics, a position, uh, or anything like that. Do you think we could start going down that route with some players at all? <laughs> um, I disagree because with respect Phil Phone is learning off the cream and a David yeah. Silver wanted oh, yeah, but we've got Jesse Lingard now Reese. <laughs> oh yeah well <laughs> no I, I mean I'm I'm a big I'm a big advocate of the um, loan system but it has to be the right loan. You know there was talking about this on Talksport the other day Billy Gilmore being a prime example went to Norwich last season waste of time it's probably hampered his development Whereas if you get a good loan, like i.e. Brennan Johnson to Lincoln, he comes back to Forest and he flourishes. It just has to be the right loan, but it is tough. And I do, I do get the argument of keeping him about because it can accommodate the system we play, the way of the manager's training, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, not for me. But I mean, I personally think the more players you could loan and get experience in the Football League, I think that's... Maybe a traditionalist view, but I think that would be good. Just going back on as well to his signings, you know, I think what people don't realise from the outside looking in is we've lost, if you count Lolly as well, we've lost nine first-teamers and we've brought in 11. So that's a plus two for someone who's just come up. It's not much when you think about it. Yeah. And Because all, all the five low, I know low did, was injured, but all the five low knees was used. Grabbing, if he would have been fit, would have been in and around the first team. Lolly was obviously part of the squad and Figueredo as well. When was it Cook was injured or McKenna was it? Both. He came into the he came into the team. So 
you know, we've lost a lot of players and it, it is a big turnaround for Forrest. And I'm hoping, because that is a tiny bit of a worry for me, that because of the turnaround of players we have had, you know, they've got to gel pretty quickly. So hopefully um, we can do that. I think, Christian, you mentioned it last uh, time we spoke on this podcast is we sorted out the defence fairly quickly in terms yeah. of to be able to become quite solid and build from the back. And I think that's quite a good strategic move that we've made as, as a football club in terms of recruitment because if it maybe doesn't quite click going forward straight away, at least we might be quite a difficult team to play against in terms of like breaking us down in shape and whatnot. And we can play a lot more on the counter-attack, which will be probably a thing of our... Of our uh, that DNA, is, as you want to call it, this season. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that pleased me about the Barnsley game, and it wasn't, wasn't really a lot to get excited by in the Barnsley match, <laughs> but, um, but you're right, the events looked like he'd been playing together for years. Like, But we had Williams playing left-back. We had, you know, Nia Carte in there. Bianconi was right wing-back. And obviously you had you know, uh, Worrell and I think Cook played as well, I can't remember. But um, no, the, the, it was important because even though it was a mishmash, it wasn't our first team 11. They looked like they'd been playing together for years. Like the way it was, everything was good for us until we got to the halfway line. Like, you know, Henderson and Hennessy, for that matter, they are both so well drilled in what they did. I think there is an element of truth to what Lee says in that good players shouldn't take that long to fit into a system or gel very quickly. You know, um, especially the ones at the top level. That's why they're probably the reasons they are at the top level because they can adapt very quickly. So I'm not too concerned about that. I think it would be okay. I think obviously with Cooper being in charge as well, we've got the right man to mould that. I mean, look at, look at um, the January transfer window, for example. A fair few, new fa- five new faces, I think, came in and very quickly integrated like they've been there for years. So I do think from that perspective, it's not... It, we, we are in good hands, but yeah, it's, it's still a slight little concern. But I think, yeah, it, it, you build from the back. Any successful team builds from the back. Like, you know, you go to the Alex Ferguson quote, you know, goals are win your games, but a defence will win your titles. You build from the back first, you get that part right. And then, like you said, if you're hard to break down, you, that's already half the battle. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, with when, when players, I, I think it's almost fitness as well. Like once that fitness builds up and then you can kind of almost start linking everything together. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a bit of a slow start. Um, but but be equally difficult to be able to beat, and um, just I'm just going to touch on like the Lingard thing because we did put out uh, what people thought about it. So I thought we, it's, the, it's one of the first pods back. Um, so uh, so Alan Parnham put skeptical at first, but having reflected, think it's a shrewd piece of business. Clearly, Cooper wants him and has a role for him in the team. Looking forward to seeing him in the midfield. Uh, Ash Davis has wrote absolute piss boiling legend. Uh, Grant Fellows, it was worth it just for the amount of coverage and all for the salty West Ham fans. You can't believe he chose little old Nottingham Forest over them. Uh, I think he'll be a clever addition, gives us something we currently don't have. And I think something that I've, I've enjoyed about our recruitment is it, we've not kind of like chucked it all at a wall and hope that something will stick. It's been quite quite clever in, in terms of everything. And, and even like the fees we've played haven't been astronomical yet or anything. I think that's potentially still to come. Um, probably on Morgan Gibbs White or someone of that ilk. So something we didn't do last season because we started the podcast a little bit later uh, into the season, so we didn't get a chance to do this for the championship. But as a as a tradition of anything that's a media outlet, uh, we are doing a league prediction from this podcast. So I'm sure other teams fans might listen to this and say, "Oh, where are these Forest cunts put us?" Because 
that's what they'll say, especially when we announce that uh, who, who we're putting in our bottom three. So all four of us did a separate league table, uh, and I did like I took like a bit of an average. Some teams were kind of very similar, so I, I like kind of put where I thought they might do, and I think it's been quite a fair one. So in the bottom three, um, we have got Bournemouth, Leeds, and Everton. Interesting. Uh, That's our average. That is our average. Bournemouth rock Goodness bottom. Me. We've all predicted them to come last. Leeds in 19th. Everton in 18th. Southampton just beating the drop in 17th. Fulham in 16th. Forest in 15th. So we're going to come top of that little mini league of of fighters. But um, I just wanted to talk about the three in the bottom that we've got. Bournemouth they've not really made that many transfers as far as I'm aware. It seems like they spent all their money in January trying to buy second place. Good for them. Um, <laughs> we all, we've all got our, our our opinion on Scott Parker and I think Fulham fans will tell Bournemouth fans as well to, to prepare for being back in the championship. But it's going to be tough for them. Would you, would you not agree, guys? Oh, they're down. No, like, and I know that's, I know that's might be like they're down. There's, there's no. They all be the Norwich, the, the complete waste of time club that gets slapped around like everyone. Probably beats Forest because that's how it will go. <laughs> we play <laughs> them quite early on as well. Yeah, so. yeah. and but they'll, sick they'll, game, I think. they'll go down without twenty odd points. They'll be an embarrassment this year. As long as they beat Derby's they, record, eh? Hopefully not. Yeah, but, but they can for it. Everything that record will ever get beat while we're alive. That's what I mean. As in, they won't, they, they'll come above that at least. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But I think Leeds and Everton is a very, very interesting one. And um, Leeds, I, I can see why we've kind of put them down there. And I mean, lots of Leeds fans will probably be going, Well, what are you talking about? But selling Rafinha to Barcelona, Calvin Phillips to Manchester City, they bought Brendan Narrenson to, to fill the void of Calvin Phillips, I would have thought. But and maybe Tyler, Tyler Adams. Adams as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they like, brought quite a lot of players, to be fair, Leeds, I think. But, like, what I worry about for them is, is goal scoring, because that's what they struggled with last season. I mean, Bamford had a really good first season in the Premier, back in the Premier League, but second season had a lot of injury issues and was non-existent. But Everton's the biggest one, isn't it? Like, I, I, I'm not, I, so I, it's weird, because on mine, I didn't have Leeds or Everton to go down. I had Brentford and Fulham to go instead. So... It's a bit weird that we've got quite different views. Um, <laughs> I think Everton will... I think they'll be the first team to sack their manager, in fairness. Mm-hmm. I think Lampard will go very early. Um, but I think they'll be all right. I think they'll, they'll finish about 14th, 16th, something like that. You put them 16th, Christian, Everton. Yeah. But I just think, like... I mean, they've not got a lot of money to spend. Apparently, they're in a bit of yeah, bit of shit like that. Awkward, um, they they were poor last season. I mean, Lampard, I think, took them from 16th to 16th or whatever. <laughs> I'm just like not sure of it. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think he's cut out for it. Um, that's just my my opinion. I don't know what about you, Reed. Well, this is my bottom three. <laughs> so this average is actually my bottom three. Um. I think, yeah, Bournemouth, they've not really signed anyone. Have they signed Joe Rothwell? Is that about it? And um, uh, Ryan Fredericks at right wing back. Yeah, it's not bad, I guess. Um, more of a very good championship fullback, would you say, though? Um, yeah. I just think with Leeds, I think the manager, um, I know he did keep him up last season. I'm just, I think there's question marks over him. There's always a bit of a, 
the snobbery isn't there, about American managers in English football, you know, the Ted, Ted Lasso kind of thing there. And, you know, but, but we had Bob Bradley come over, didn't we? And he was useless and he was pretty much sacked off. And with Leeds losing Phillips and Rafinha, you know, they're two of their three main players, you'd say, along with Bamford. It's going to be tough for them. Um, Everton, I mean, they've lost for Charleston. They've not really brought anybody, have they? I like think Koski, that's certain, isn't it? Yeah, the key for them probably staying up will be keeping Calvert Lewin fit. If he isn't fit, where do the goals come from for Everton? I mean, that'd be the big worry for me. Well, it's not a worry for me because them being shit helps for a start. So <laughs> I think I think it'd be fair to say the bottom seven. I know Lee is an exception to this anti because he's gone for somebody else to go down. But I think if you was to name the bottom seven of Bournemouth, this is in any order, Bournemouth, um, Fulham, Brentford, us, Southampton, Leeds, Everton, I don't think you'd be far wrong with that personally. Mm. Uh, Lee, but, Lee, um, Lee, Lee put, put Leicester City at 18 <laughs> table I got to him and I went, I put an asterisk next to it and went, what? And, then he, and, he, and, he, and I, I messaged him obviously when he sent me the league pitch and I went, are you all right, Lee? And he was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> and I was hoping he'd actually come on and explain himself. Um, I, I can't see Leicester finishing that low. I mean, um, they are quite low on our average. I'd see it struggling this year, Leicester. I, I yeah, can't see it struggling this year. I mean, I have a go from Lee's thinking and not brought anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, there was rumours last year about Rodgers leaving, you know, whether that was, you know, if that comes about again. The thing is, with Leicester as well, their main players are aging. You know, I know Jamie Vardy's brilliant in the Premier League and Cash for Smart, but they're not getting any younger. Um, Johnny Evans, another one. Um, Tillman's so, wants yeah, out as well. Yeah, Tillman's wants out, and they've not they've not really brought anyone yet. So I can understand it, and they didn't really have. I mean, did they have a decent end last season and kind of got them up a little I mean, bit? Did they finish? Did they finish ninth or eighth last season? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, like, also, flat, you got, is it really? I think you got to remember with Leicester, they, uh, Ricardo Pereira didn't play too much because he was in, yeah, yeah, seen James, James, quite a bit. I think James Fafana. just James Vardy. just was in, Fafana broke his leg really yeah, badly. Vardy was, was injured. In they bought in a lot of players to play in the conference. Was it Conference League or Europa League? Europa League. Yeah, there was that, 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 to go with. Yeah. That Dakar was unreal in the in the Europa League, scoring like five goals in one game, but didn't really adjust. Mm. Ian Acho was in and out of the team. Um, they lost to us badly. Um, <laughs> I think my that, thing from Leicester personally is that they can't defend set pieces. No, you, might can't. Change, you might change with Fafana being back, but they generally cannot defend set pieces. It looks like <laughs> Rogers is way at the end of his cycle now. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he got sat this season, to be honest. Yeah, same. I mean, my partner asked me this earlier who do you think would be the three managers to go? And I said um, Lampard, Marsh, and Rogers, and possibly Gerard as well. Ooh. I think if they don't get off to a good start, I think he'll be gone. So, because we, go Villa and Leicester, sorry, Adam, Villa and Leicester are then two teams who are aspiring. They don't want to be mid table size. They're aspiring to probably, especially Leicester, because they've been in it, you know, yeah. get in Europe. And if Rogers got him lower mid table, they won't be happy with that. No. So yeah, interesting. We, we averaged Southampton just beating the drop. Uh, Hassel, who who looked like could be an astute kind of appointment. I, I'd like to know why we've all got him quite low down. Have they? They've I, not done anything. Feel, They've not done anything. I feel very no. bad because he's a very good manager. 
but he's been regularly shafted in terms of backing at Saints. Yeah. They spend next to nothing. I mean, like there was talk this summer that they're going to give fucking Shane Long a new contract and not sign Exposure. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, thankfully they've seen sense now and gone. Actually, no, that's quite a stupid thing to do. But they haven't actually bought him a striker yet. I don't think. But he uh, can't. It, it doesn't matter how good the manager is. If you give them nothing to work with, they can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And like, so I do feel bad for Harsen Hoot. I mean, it looks a bit bad. I mean, they brought in what a Rebo. Uh, they're, they're looking at they're trying to get a few kids on loan from City, aren't they? They, they signed one from City. And they got the goalie, didn't they? Is it? Um, oh, yeah, Rosano, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They got obviously that other uh, the kids on yeah, centre mid. Um, so you know, it'd be interesting how that that more youthful playing. Oh, they still got Walker Peters for now. He's a very good right wing back at this level. Um, but Ward Prowse, obviously, Ward Prowse again is going to be key, like as he was last year. Um, I think they'll be okay, Saints. I think they'll struggle, but they'll just they'll have their head above water. If Southampton go down, there'll be a big list. Of, I mean, I'm surprised James Ward-Prowse hasn't kind of been touted, got nicked by Newcastle with all their millions, to be fair. Yeah. Then you've got Tino Livermento, who's an obviously up-and-coming, can play both both full-back positions. Looks... It's the older, isn't he? He's out. Yeah, he's out. But, mm. I mean, he'd be, there'll be a long list for him. But we've got, we had Fulham... Just above, because I've got cheat code Mitrovic. I, I feel like he will. I think if he scores fifteen goals this season for Fulham, they probably stay up. Um, uh. And I mean, forty goals plus last season in the Championship, he'll be brimming with confidence. The only thing I think someone said about Fulham about they're not going to go on the front foot as much this season. Will Mitrovic? He'll struggle maybe on the counter attack. Um, have they got enough pace to get like for him to get beyond him and then for him to get in the box and cross it in? And, and kind of in for him to finish up. I'm not so sure with that because they've brought in the lad from Sporting, haven't they? Um, yeah, Paulinho. Yeah, was yeah. yeah. signing that um, Swiss right back, is it? And Babu, yeah, that, yeah, he's coming Even in. Pace God, he is. Pace <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, we like um, he's got like the dreadlocks, and he remembering from the Euros. Yeah, but my my thing is um, with Fulham is that you know they. St- it wasn't that long ago there was that ex um, that feature from your first thing about how pissed off Silver was because nothing was being mm. done, and like. You know, you got you obviously got into the season. And you hit like the interpretation was that Silver felt he was being set up to fail because they weren't signing anyone or doing anything, and he he wanted like six, seven, eight new players, and so far they've got three. Mm. Like, if you if you say Count and Babu, again, and, uh, and the thing is, they've lost Sarri, who played for them, didn't they? They've lost Williams, yeah. um, they lost Carvalho, Carvalho yeah. and Sarri, two big players for them last season, so. I think they'll go. Yeah. I think. I mean, like, I think. Um, you know, Marco Silva's teams don't really defend, and they didn't have to defend much last year because they had so much attacking quality and so many good players. Like you know, like we said, how many times we see last season, like Seri and Carvalho basically kept the ball, gave it to Kenny here and there. He gave it to Mitrovic and he score, and like Harry Wilson would pop up here and there. And they didn't. No one really gave much grief for them, but apart from Coventry, weirdly, but <laughs> um, but this season where against better teams, I think they could, you know, be quite exposed in some ways. I mean, I'm surprised they've not gone out and got a centre-back because Tim Ream will have shit running down his leg, as I've said, when Zinkan <laughs> Argo chased him into the back of the net. Um, they, are, yeah. they are going to be down there full of no doubt, I think. About but obviously, that. we're, we're, we're going to be in this pack, uh, and I'll probably put Brentford in that kind of uh, yeah. region as well. But Brentford signed some some decent players as well, obviously. Uh, Keen Lewis Potter has gone there. They've lost Ericsson to Man United, which is an unfortunate one, but who, who kept them up. But I think Brentford, I, I expect them to be all right. I know there's a bit of a uh, distaste between syndrome as well. So, yeah, there's a bit of a distaste between supporters because obviously Thomas Frank is a bit of a, a knobhead, but he is a good manager. A, a dare. 
<laughs> he is a good manager. You can't. Yeah, can't he's really. done a good job. You can't deny that. But um, and then obviously, so like, I'm going to rattle through these because some of like the middle of the league is a bit boring, isn't it? So like we got we had uh, Leicester in 13th, Wolves in 12th, Brighton in 11th, and then uh, 10th was Aston Villa. Um, obviously, you've said Reese about Gerrard and what's what's going to happen with him. Obviously, they've got. Uh, it's his first full season at, at Villa. Coutinho's side now. Um, they signed Diego Carlos, is it? Centre half. Yeah, severe. Um, so he's got uh, quite a lot to 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 live up to. I think Gerard hasn't he? I, I think. Do you think Villa fans will want to push for those like Euro for Conference League positions? I think seventh's up for grabs. To be honest, yeah. um, I think the top six pretty much picks itself really. But you look at seventh, West Ham, not really. I know they're going to about to sign Skamaka, aren't they? Sign Flynn Daz, not strengthened hugely. Leicester haven't strengthened. Wolves haven't strengthened. Newcastle finished last season really well, but they haven't signed a lot of players. So there will be a cluster of teams, you know, half a dozen, who will think, oh, seventh place, that's prob- probably, you know, a chance for us. West Ham have got Conference League, haven't they, as well already? So... Yeah, there'll be. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a new team. Well, I mean, I've gone for a new team in seventh this season, yeah, so same. it wouldn't surprise me if we see a new team in the Conference League. Hopefully, from Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, we've put ninth place Newcastle, Christian. Um, which I, I I was a little bit surprised that. So, I know, Rich, you put you put Newcastle seventh because obviously you're I saying it's seventh up, as well. Up, yeah. yeah. Um, me and Lee had them a bit lower down, but. I'm quite. I'm a bit shocked that Newcastle haven't spent a bit more money. To be honest, I thought it was going to be quite a fun summer for them. Um, I think maybe yeah. they've been quite patient with it, which is actually not the worst thing. I think actually, to be fair, they've been very sensible. They've signed very shrewdly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Pope and Botman are brilliant signings, and I think you know the, the issue wasn't so much going forward for Newcastle. It was like, obviously, you know, you got that Joe Linton's that revolutionised midfielder now. You know, Wilson. <laughs> Wilson will get goals at this level. He's proved that time and time again. St. Maximin, again, another good player. If, he, if they can sign another forward to sort of alleviate that pressure from St. Maximin a little bit, then they'll really be cooking. But I think they've actually been very shrewd in how they've operated. And you have to say it's well fair play to them because I think, like you said, Adam, I think the expectation was they used to be idiots like QPR were, spend 50 million on people like Marshall and then be like, all right, <laughs> this will be fun. And then watch it all, watch it all implode from afar, like similar to QPR a few years ago. Um, when I was signing people like Basinga on 80 grand a week. Triple C set up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but they've, I think they've operated pretty smart. Like I said, they, they ended the season really well. I mean, that Arsenal game, the penultimate game of the season, they, that could have been way more than two. They cut them limb from limb, really. Bruno Gamaras was fantastic. Yeah. So, I think I like Eddie Howe. I think he's a, he is a good manager at this level. I think he stayed too long at Bournemouth, personally. Mm. Um, I would be interested. I'm interested to see what Chris Willett will do for them. This uh, not Chris Willett, Joe Willett this season. Sorry, because um, he had a good loan spell before. Obviously, made the deal permanent, and he didn't really hit those heights last season. But when you've got like someone like Botman coming in to play alongside, uh, well, uh, I can't think of centre half now. He played for for Newcastle. Shaw, Shaw, um, and obviously they got oh, Dan Burn as well, and then obviously Target, Dan Burn, yeah. Target, Trippier, yeah. right back. It's not bad. It's quite a solid yeah. back four. And obviously, Pope, Pope in goal. Pope, Pope and Dubrovnik, Dubrovka. Are two very good keepers, I think, in this division. So I think um, well, they've been very clever. They, they've what I've actually admired about them is they've walked away from deals Newcastle because people mm. see them coming. They think like, oh, you know, Saudi money, richest team in the world. They jack the price up, and Newcastle are actually going no. 
like we've seen with like the RB, I know he's staying at Bayer Leverkusen now, Isaac's another one I still might get, but again, their reluctance to meet his buyout clause of 70 odd million. They're being very sensible about these things rather than just throwing money at the wall. So I think that in turn will send a message. Like it might be like, yeah, okay, we, we're rich, but it doesn't mean we'll be taken for mugs. And you know, you have to say fair play to them for that because you know, it will stand them in much better stead over the coming years than it will if they just sign again, pay whatever price they want because they just because they can. I mean, you look at their January business, Newcastle, and they've signed pretty much a few proven prem players, didn't they? In Burn, Target. I know Trippier was from Atletico Madrid, but he has played most of his career. Christwood. And then the one statement, I don't know what you say, statement, more exciting signing was Gimmerise. So I think they might end up doing that again. You know, probably get a couple of more proven prem players before the end of the window and maybe make one kind of statement signing like Christian just said in the forward line to give them, you know, St Maximum that a bit of uh, competition, really. I mean, I'm surprised Newcastle weren't in for Lingard either, but obviously... Mm. I think they were mentioned, weren't they? But they were put off by his wages, which, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Not like they're going to struggle, but yeah, no, I'm I'm intrigued to see what Newcastle do. Um, I'm wondering what their expectation of their fans are. And obviously... um, Next week, we are recording with a Newcastle fan to talk about the game uh, preview of the first game of the season, which will be quite exciting. So uh, that will be coming out uh, just before the 6th of August. So that will be exciting. Um, eighth place, we've put Crystal Palace. Um, I think they've, they're a dark horse for me this season. I'm really excited to see what they do under Patrick Vieira. I thought they were really good last season. Um, I think the tough one for them is replacing Sam Gallagher. But having Eze Connor, I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't think they have a tough job replacing Sam Gallagher. <laughs> I'm terrible. This, 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 I'm, I'm absolutely terrible today. Connor Gallagher. We were cracking last season. Kevin, but... Kevin Gallagher next, ex Blackburn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any, Gall- any Gallagher. Who's the one that Liam Noll. What, what about the one who played for Preston? <laughs> Liam Noll, yeah. Yeah, poor Gallagher, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, but then, but I think Eze coming back is massive. Uh, yeah. Michael Elise mm. was, was pretty good last season, obviously, then. Edouard, Mateta, decent. They, they, I'm, I'm, I like Palace. I like them as a club. I think they're, they're great. I, I think they'll they'll push it as well this season. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They have got some talented youngsters. You know, the lad from Derby I mentioned in our pod, didn't I? Um, oh, Bowie, only, Bowie. Yeah, only, only 18, very raw, but very, he will be a talent, I think. Wilfred Zaha is still very good. As a and Elise, very, very talented. Um, so, I like yeah. what... Palace and West Ham are kind of those two teams that are like plucking t- plucking players out of the championship that are obviously got mm-hmm. such a high ceiling. Um, I I tip Eze to make the the, the World Cup squad. You know, I think I think mm-hmm. he's good. that good. Yeah. I think he's good. better than a lot of top six players to be honest. That playing his position, um, he's exciting. It was just unfortunate he got injured last season. So interested to see him. Obviously, like I said, need to replace Gallagher. That would be the big one uh, for them. Uh, West Ham in seventh. We've got. Which is where they finished last season, I believe. It was, yeah. So interesting, exciting. Obviously, I don't. Just gonna. It's gonna be interesting to have them come. When do we play them? Second game, first home game of the season, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. can't wait for Lingard to score and and do the J Ling sign in front of the away end to get chucked like loads of money after. Have you seen those West Ham fans putting like this is what we need to do with all the fake money? Not not be as good as our Mel Morris (laughs) money. Yeah. Thoughts, Sam? Go on, Christian. I'll let you go for this one. 
I don't think West Ham will finish seventh. No, I agree. Um, I don't, I think the yeah, I think it's starting the cracks starting to show a little bit now. I mean, I mean the Lingard I think is prime, prime example. I mean, I know Moyes gets the um, he's had the nickname of in football among agents as Divering Dave because it takes <laughs> so long to close a deal. And um, Lingard's a prime example. I mean, like they they've been talking to him for weeks, pretty much since the season ended. Like they've been sort of saying like, oh, okay, come back to West Ham. And just lowballed him every single time. Like that, that deal could have been wrapped up in seconds. Really, he'd had a yeah. great loan spell there. You know, all they had to do was say, "Okay, this is what we'll give you." So I said, "All right, cool, fine." But no, they dragged it out and dragged it out and dragged it out. And this is what he does, like more. So I, I know, I still think they're a striker light. I know, obviously, they might be signing Skamaka bloke. Yeah, I think that's pretty much done. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not fully sold on them. I think as well, like this will be the last year of Rice there too. And then once that happens, they'll just return to being a very mid-table side in the Premier League at best. I think a lot of high-profile, well, I say high-profile, like B-star kind of West Ham supporters, like the likes of uh, Spencer FC and that on YouTube and Jack May and all these that are like quite good West Ham fans, they seem to think that they're and they, they could be at the end of their cycle, as it were, where they've mm-hmm. had this good period of time where they're going to start now to be a mid-table lower lowest sort of Premier League side again um, but I do like a lot of their I love Jared Bowen I think he's a cracking player he's another one that could go to the World Cup in, uh, in my honest opinion yeah. I think he's, he, he, uh, he was superb last season the two goals he scored against Man City last last season were 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 brilliant so interesting to see what they do obviously not made too many signings yet so we'll see and obviously welcome the beast back to the city ground Mikel Antonio <laughs> <laughs> I hope he has a stinker Um <laughs> So yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, Europa League spots, we've got, it was a bit of a dead heat, really. We had two two of us said Arsenal in sixth and two of us said Man United in, in sixth. So I put Man United sixth. Uh, personally, I just, they've got a lot of work to do to be a top four side again, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Like, like we touched on earlier, like with United, it's just a bit of a mess there, isn't it? Like, how do you go three or four years without buying a midfielder? Like, yeah. It makes no but- sense. For United to bring in such a coach with a high reputation, then you know, what have they signed? Two players signed Martinez from Ajax and a left back, the, a left back yeah, for the guy from Fine Order, Malassia, yeah, and Eric, you know, Ericsson and Ericsson, yeah, yeah. But Did I mean, not Ericsson would be more of a squad player, wouldn't he? He's not gonna Bruno Fernandes plays pretty much in his position, you'd say. Ericsson might be um, left wing to be fair. Yeah, maybe. Brentford, he came up but, left, so. but I mean, are you, are you leaving out Jaden Sancho? So, or is he playing right wing? You, you yeah. think he's done the right wing? You? Yeah, so probably be... you got Rashford to come back as well, ain't you? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it depends what happens with Ronaldo as well. But if Ronaldo doesn't mm. play, it'll be Rashford or Marshall out front. Yeah, I mean, I look... like the, the Ronaldo situation is a farce, isn't it? Really, you know that needs to be resolved. They've chased a young or bloody summer, and still that's not resolved. You know they've been after the lad from Ajax, Anthony. That's not really. That's been on and off, according to Alex Struck on Talksport. So it's not not ideal prep. I just think they're still a little bit stronger than Arsenal, personally. Joe, what I love about my new is that like they've on this tour in Thailand or wherever they are. Ronaldo doesn't even need preseason anymore. <laughs> He's just like a well above the club in, in all in all regards. Yeah. He, he wants to he wants to leave, doesn't he? They need to find a solution. 
But I think Lyons. they made the mistake signing him last season. I think they yeah, were. They, they, pan- they panicked that he didn't go to Man City. Yeah, and that yeah was it was a. It was a, that was an agent released it into the media that was going to Man City. Man City were never even interested in him. Nah. No, Pep wouldn't take Ronaldo. It's just they weren't even interested in him. Man U, the Glazers seen it as an easier win as well. You know, get the fans back on side. We yeah. sign, you know, one of the best players in the club's history, one of the best players ever. Yeah. You know, if not the best. So. Yeah, green and we, gold for United spend eighty million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got Arsenal in fifth, taking up that last European uh, Europa League spot. Um, I'm intrigued to see Arsenal. They made some good signings. I think. I think Zinchenko is a very mm. good one. I Zinchenko is a great signing. Uh, Man, Jesus, City, Jesus, Man City being Jesus, yeah. Jesus, great signing. Uh, I think Saliba's come back on loan. He had a good loan spell with them. Um, where do you think yeah, Jesus will play? Hostage. Um. Think he's play left front. wing or do you think play centre forward? Centre forwards, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think my, over, um, my, te- my um, outspoken opinion for the season is that Jesus will score more league goals than Nunes at Liverpool. I've got <laughs> I've got Jesus in my dream team, so that says a lot. Mm. But um, do you know what I find quite funny is um, that Eddie and Ketsia signed a new deal, gave him the number four icon at number 14 shirt and then signed Jesus. So <laughs> um, that's yeah, an interesting cheers, one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all or nothing's out soon. I'm sure we'll get to watch the Forest game yeah. and watch them have a meltdown the in, our, in, our, in our Sunday league changing room. I think that'll be brilliant to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've said so then, uh, making up the top four, we've got Chelsea in fourth, Spurs in third, Liverpool second, and Man City in first, which was a dead uh, cert, obviously. Uh, Chelsea's an interesting one, obviously getting rid of a lot of a lot of defenders. Lukaku's gone back to Inter Milan. Who plays up front for Chelsea this season? Um, no one. They kind of well, play with faults now. And then they have Havertz and Werner like drifts left, don't they? So to be fair, we, we to be fair to Chelsea, like they won the Champions League playing that way. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, myself included, oh, they need a striker. Lukaku come in, you thought brilliant, he's gonna bang in loads of goals. It was an absolute disaster, really. Well, it yeah. is because he's gone a year later on loan. Yeah. So maybe I don't know if Tuchel will go back to playing the way he did for when they won the Champions League. I, do think, I don't. Do you think Timo Werner's going now? They've signed Raheem Sterling. Oh, for, yeah, Sterling. Yeah, um, it's a great signing. The, I think the thing Bradley's is with Ver- signing, yeah. with with Werner. I mean, when I watch Werner, I think his movements. You know, this is going to be controversial. I think his movements superb. It's just he's just not a natural goal scorer. He's a yeah, Premier if, League Zande Silva. Yeah. <laughs> everything it, it, but the finish. Movement, yeah, if if, if it pace, could finish, it'd be a everything really good but the finish. Just at Leipzig, he couldn't not finish. That was yeah, the weird I mean. thing. Yeah, like Bundesliga. Bundesliga's pants. Yeah, but the goalposts don't move. I know, but mate, when when the second biggest team in the Bundesliga is getting done by Rangers in the Europa League by four at home, when we all laugh how bad the SPL is, you know, what does that tell you? <laughs> You know, yeah. how many strikers, have, how many players have come from Germany and just looked off it? You know, Sancho, I thought, was a really good and he's been poor last season, so... I think he's just been managed wrong, personally. It's a, it's a different level. Yeah, I mean, I, agree. I mean, my joke, like I said earlier, but it is a big step. But I, I personally think the Premier League's far and away the best league in Europe. Oh, yeah. Overall, I know, I know there's, you know, Bar- well, not Barca, but Real, obviously champions of Europe, like, but you look at the teams below the main teams in each league, you buy means PSG is full of also runs, really. Mm. You know, you look at the teams in the Premier League, you know, you've got Man City, Liverpool, 
you know, Chelsea, Spurs now who will be rejuvenated under Conte. There's a lot of, you know, a lot more competition for me. Yeah, Jed Spencer's Spurs side in third. I was really tempted to put them second. I think they've got a good chance of challenging this season because Conte's mm. a serial winner, as we've we've said. Great man, we've said that. Great manager. Yeah, we've said that you, on the pod before. You know, I hope Spence does well for him. You know, I've he seen will. a lot. Pe- people are, especially this is more on Facebook. People are so really bitter towards, and I just don't get it. How apparently, you know, he was defensively poor last season, and how he dropped off at the back. I mean, that's just nonsense. Literally, to be honest, no one beat him in a one-on-one. Last yeah, and now, very, very rarely. Now, now they picked up on this Conte interview where he said it was a Spurs board signing who pushed it, but he then went on to say that he gave the green light to the deal. So people have caught. People have come up with this perception of Conte doesn't want him. I think I think he'll do well for Spurs, and as well, people like saying, "Oh, Conte isn't an arm around the shoulder of the manager." I tell you what, Antonio Conte is a winner, and if Jed Spence wants to further his career, you know, he'd listen to the bloke because he's been there and done it. Yeah, he's like won that. the Premier League with Chelsea, and he turned Victor Moses into a right wing back when he wasn't even a right wing back. So. Yeah, I think if Spence has got the right head on, he should listen yeah. to the bloke and his career should prosper. I'm going to be bad assisting Harry Kane and Ungman Son. I mean, well, I, I like Perisic as a signing at left, potentially left wing back or left midfield or everyone. Else, yeah, a bit of experience. Play. I think that's a good signing. I can't remember who else they've signed, but I know they've been good. So they've they've signed Langlet. Yeah, I know they obviously signed Benson Kerr and Kieseski last season. Yeah, Charleston, the 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 highest paid substitute in the league. Obviously. <laughs> He's not going to start. Gives, gives, I think he gives, no, gives will start. I think he will start. Yeah, what hell is Kieseski? A front three of Son, Kane, and Richarlison's goals. That's a very dangerous front three. It is dangerous front three. There will be times the Kurseski plays instead of Charleston or whatever else, because that's just... It's probably good, to be honest. But You'd argue it's the best front three in the league, really. He he smashed it last season, Kulazewski, I thought. He really adapted really Mm. well to to the league. Mm. He had quite a few goals, I think, so decent. Kane and Son speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're world class. So Spurs, outside chance of maybe... Worrying Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp, but they've got a good chance, I think, of winning a cup at least. So that would be interesting. Obviously, back in the Champions League, so that's great. Uh, Liverpool second, Man City first. I think, do you think Liverpool will struggle this season? Obviously, I know, Christian, you said you think Jesus will score more than Darwin Nunes. So, I, yeah, I, think, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that means they'll struggle. I just think that Jesus will slot in better, at least yeah. in the short term. It might take Nunes a season or so to get up to speed. Um, no, I, I think to be honest, I just, it, it, Liverpool will still be strong. They'll still get ninety plus points. The issue for them is that Man City will likely get hundred plus points. <laughs> I can, um, I can <laughs> see that happening, um, especially with Haaland in the team. Christ, gods! I mean, like it makes me laugh how so many people. Like, I, I get the Bundesliga. You know, there is Bundesliga tax. You know, you generally take a third off their um, their output when they come to the Prem because obviously the difference in league, which is something obviously we'll have to be aware of. Bear in mind, half our teams. Bundesliga recruits <laughs> but I think Haaland oh, you look at his Champions League record you look at his international record you look at you know when he actually has to play against like teams that aren't necessarily very weak he still scored you think he's like already got 20 plus Champions League goals 
like you know he's the guy's just like he's like the Ivan Drago of football like, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, put, I pulled out a picture of Dolph Lundgren in Universal Soldier out the other night at the pub and I was like this is Erling Haaland just made in the lab <laughs> uh, he's li- yeah he literally is so I, I, I reckon Haaland's going to get at least 20 league goals this season and, I think I think yeah. he I think he and Man City fans would be disappointed if that if he didn't get 20 league goals this season yeah. I would I'd put it would be it's going to be out of him Kane and Salah for Golden Boo in my opinion and you've got Grealish after, you know, we all know it takes attacking uh, midfielders about a year or so to get out of the Pep system really had a year now he was looking really good towards the back end of last season especially that United game they won 4-1 he basically ran the show so you know you get games like that more frequently with Grealish with Haaland up front as well it's quite scary especially with the Bruyne behind too so I think it, I don't see Liverpool struggling as much as I see City just being so dominant I think yeah. with Haaland and Grealish and KDB as well, I can see Haaland scoring probably 15 tappings next season where it's just put across the box as like he's going to buy Munich yeah. yesterday in a friendly, just put across, you know, just be there to tap it. And it's probably something they missed last season. I still think City and Liverpool are way ahead of the rest, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Liverpool's lost Mane, they've replaced him with Nunes, so it's going to be big shoes to fill, but... They're winning machines, Liverpool and City. They just they are relentless. You know, you see, you see. To be honest, let's be honest. I know the FA Cup game was close, but you saw the difference. You know, Van Dijk really didn't break a sweat, and then he literally created a half chance, and Yotta got on the end of it, and turned it in. And I know we had that chance with Zink and that, but that's the difference of, of levels. The, the, those this can see games out, and when they want to really turn it on, they can do. Yeah, um, right. it'll probably be a close run race again between them two. Just as long as Liverpool don't win, it, I don't, I don't care who wins it. <laughs> just as long as it isn't them, and then we and, and we stay up. I'll take I'll Great. take City winning it till the end of time. To be honest, as long as Liverpool don't win. <laughs> yeah. So so to recap our league, we've got Bournemouth, Leeds, Everton in twentieth, nineteenth, and eighteenth. Southampton just beating the drop. Fulham in sixteenth. Forest in fifteenth. Brentford in fourteenth. Leicester in thirteenth. Fourth in twelfth. Brighton 11th, Villa in 10th, Newcastle 9th, Palace in 8th, West Ham 7th, United in 6th, 5th Arsenal, 4th Chelsea, Spurs in 3rd, Liverpool in 2nd, Man City in 1st. That is our Red Side of the Trent league predictions. And just to finish off, we are going to do predictions for Newcastle. I know it's a bit early, but there will be no pod as a group next week due to commitments and yada yada. So, Christian, Newcastle away. What are you going for? What are you saying? Uh, I'm not going to say the first game in 23 years and the fact as a Premier League side is going to be a defeat. So I'm roaring that out, even though it is very possible. I think it will be a one or a draw. I reckon it will be quite a tight game. I, I think nil-nil, one-all, I can see it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think you know, it will be a very, like, not a massively... You know, and I think, to be honest, a point away in Newcastle is not a bad result either. I mean, they're only going to get stronger. And... Um, you know, starts in some ways. It's maybe not a bad thing having them so early. Same as City away, just get out of the way. But um, yeah, I'll tip us to keep tight, frustrate them a bit. You know, I can see Pope and Henderson both making some good saves. Southgate might even be there to be fair, because you know you've got quite a few good prospects out there. And um, yeah, I fancy to get a point in the road, kick off our new campaign. Please. Yeah, I'm going to agree with a 1-1. It's going to be very tough and Newcastle are going to be favourites and I don't want to sound damn beat, but let's be honest, every away game this season, the likelihood is the home team will be favourites to beat us and the likelihood is the home team will 
fancy to beat us because technically we're you know, the last team to come up from the championship. So, yeah, if we can go to Newcastle and get a point, that would be a tremendous result and avoid defeat on the opening day, you know, if we could win even better. But it's set it up nice then if you don't get beat on the first day for the first home game of the season against West Ham and sold out City Ground on Sky on Super Sunday. You know, it'd be um, a bit of a match made in heaven, hopefully, with Jesse Lingard getting the winner. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm entitled to agree with you guys. I think one all would be brilliant. Get the monkey off our back, get the first point on the board, gets us off nicely. I think it will be a tetchy sort of game, as Reese likes to use that word. Um, obviously, Newcastle will be right up for it. It's, it's, a, it's a great start for them, really, to get a, a newly promoted side, but... We've got that pressure on them to win as well. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. We've yeah. got the momentum uh, with us, obviously, having come off a great campaign, uh, storming from the bottom of the league and, and getting to the playoff final. So there's that. Um, I think as defensively being solid will be uh, a nice thing to build on, get on the counter-attack and, and hopefully cause some some issues. But yeah, 1-1 one, one would be would be tremendous. I don't care who scores. A1E would be brilliant, just so the monkey's off his back as well and all the fans can, can stop hitting about on Twitter, eh? Um, so that's the end of the pod, guys. Thank you for joining us on Red Side of the Trent as ever. Thank you also for 2,000 followers now on Twitter. Um, we'll keep the content coming. Next time you'll hear from us, we'll be with uh, Newcastle fan previewing the game there, um, possibly with Reese or Christian. I don't, I don't know yet. But um, we'll see you then. Take care. Up the Reds. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.